Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 204. My name's Adam Patterson. Joining me today, we've got Kevin Rakestraw with us. Kevin, how's it going? You're coming in with a lot of energy. I am. I'm, I'm trying to bring the energy up today a little I'm a bit. bit. spooked. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, be able to keep up with you. Well, you're going to be spooked because we got we got two spooky movies to talk about today. Oh, spooky movies. Two spooks. Oh. Uh, going to be uh, talking about The Witch and The Invitation. Two very suspenseful movies. Oh, boy. Two tension-filled horror movies. I'm pretty excited. Uh-oh. Pretty excited to have this chat. We're gonna talking about that? some that's back, that's back-to-back episodes of, of horrors. Yeah, I know, I know. I noticed that. I didn't really think about that until after we solidified the lineup for this week. And I was like, wow. Which, which is, it makes sense since you know I'm a, I'm an expert. <laughs> since <laughs> you're a huge horror horror guy, it only makes sense that we would talk about a lot of horror movies, right? Oh. Well, I mean, fortunately, up to this point, they've been pretty decent. So yeah. we'll, we'll we'll see what happens today. Because uh, I don't I don't know how you felt about these two, but we'll we'll get into it in just a minute. We're gonna be talking about some other stuff we've been watching on the watch list. We got some movie predictions for you, some new on VOD stuff, and some Blu-ray releases. Thank you so much for tuning in. I got uh, just a couple things to mention on uh, some news. The one one thing that I want to mention. Have you seen this Star Wars Headspace album? No. What's Look, that album? Should, What's so this basically about? Star Wars Headspace. So Yes. So basically it's like uh, an electronic uh album. It's like an EDM album inspired by Star Wars. So it uses like sound clips and sound effects and things like that from Star Wars. Uh-huh. But it's got uh like Rick Rubin, um it's got I'm I'm looking trying to look at the uh tr- the track list here. It's got uh I don't know how to say the their name, but I'm a big fan. It's the Roik Roiksop. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I know who you're talking uh, about. Got got some flying lotus in there. Oh boy. Bonobo. That's yeah, Bonobo. Bonobo. Got some rusty. Bauer. Uh so you definitely check this album out. I, I haven't listened to the whole thing yet. You can listen to the whole thing for free online. Uh, GTA's in there, but I would recommend checking it out because so far, from what I've listened to, it's uh, pretty pretty damn good. Let's check that out. Star, yeah. Star Wars is going to be everywhere and in everything. Yeah, the I think the Rick Rubin one features a track on it. Goodness, uh, and it's that that's one of the one of the uh, several that I've listened to so far, and it's quite good. So check that out. Star Wars Headspace is the name of the album. And you can, it's all the tracks are on YouTube. I don't know if they're on like SoundCloud or anything yet. It looks like they're on SoundCloud. Okay. So they're on SoundCloud too. So you can check it out multiple places. Uh, The True or False, True slash False, True False Film Festival. It's a big documentary film festival. Uh, Happens every year. They announce their lineup. Um, um, with this f- festival, it seems to be growing over the years. It seems to be getting a little bit bigger every year. Um, but the, the thing about this festival, it is it is kind of one of those festivals that just sort of curates all of the other festivals and pulls in some of the higher profile releases that premiere at other festivals. It's like a, it's like a greatest hits festival. 
Yeah, so some of the highlights of this one include the Helmut Berger documentary, Helmut Berger Actor, which was, uh, if you remember, John Waters' top top film of 2015. Yes, I want to see that. Uh, yeah, I want to see that too. just seems interesting. Uh, the Anthony Weiner documentary, Weiner, is going to be playing there. And uh, the, the other one that sounded kind of interesting to me when I was looking at this lineup is it's one called Sherpa. Sherpa? And it's about, the, it's about the lives of Sherpas at Mount Everest. Nice. Yeah, it seems kind of interesting. So if you're in the Columbia, Missouri area, you can check it out. It's from hey, March 3rd to 6th. Why would anyone be in Missouri? <laughs> well, maybe you live there. I don't know. I think it's a college town, so maybe you're, if you're in school there. That's unfortunate. <laughs> well, hey, at least you have a documentary film festival. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I don't have anything like that. Yeah. What do you have, Kevin? <laughs> I think we have, a, we have like a one-minute film festival. It plays cool. one-minute films. Oh, one of those deals. Yeah. Like a Vine film festival. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> the Vine Film Fest. And they have... A lineup of 875 movies. <laughs> They're just all shown on iPads. It's not even like a theater experience. It's just iPads. Well, yeah. Stools. That's it. You just walk around. Those are, those are the best. Those are the best kinds of film festivals. Trailers. Trailers this week. Uh, the only one that I really wanted to mention was Taika Waititi's Hunt for the Wilder People. Yes. Uh, yes, please. Sign me up. Have you? Did you watch the trailer for no, this? I don't need to. I'm watching well, it. I already love if you it. if you do watch it, you'll understand why this is going to be this has quickly entered my uh, most anticipated list for for 2016 because it looks a lot like Boy actually. Really? It's yeah, it's about a kid who he's kind of a, a delinquent. He's acting out, and he gets sent to live with a foster family, uh, kind of out out in the wilderness for a while. And he sort of forms this this uh, bond with his foster father, yeah. who's played by Pierce Brosnan, and it looks awesome. Fantastic. Yep, it looks pretty great. So very excited for that. I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but did you hear that he's making a a standalone uh, werewolves movie? Really? It's called Werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> And it's it's gonna be about the wolves from yeah. from uh, what we do in the shadows. Oh, thank you, thank you for that. And also, if you if uh, you listening were not aware, he is Taika Waititi is doing the new Thor movie. He's directing Thor Ragnarok. Nice. Yeah. So I, that's a really weird. I mean, I I get some of the ones because you know that this is what Disney and Marvel have been doing for a, a little while now with the Marvel movies and the Star Wars movies is kind of pulling in these indie directors to do these big, these big budget, you know, action movies. But I, I, some of them kind of make sense, like Colin Trevorrow, and they, they, they kind of make sense. But in the case of this, I, I'm not really seeing the connection there. But it will be interesting, nonetheless, to see how he kind of handles that. Hopefully he can make Thor interesting. I know. Because Thor is not interesting. No, no, unfortunately. Of all of the Marvel properties, I think Thor is the least interesting. Oh, I'm just not so bland. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not really into the whole, I, I just don't really like the, the mythology of Thor. Like the, I don't know, it's just not interesting. No, it's not. Um, Hardcore Henry got a new trailer. 
used to be just called Hardcore, but now they added the Henry on for some reason. Yeah. Don't know why. In case you were wondering what his name was. I think it's dumb. Why would they put that on there? I, I think know. it, I mean, it might have been like a, like a trademark issue or something. Yeah, but More than likely. It seems like something that they had to do in a hurry. And they were like, fuck, just, uh, oh, just put Henry at the end. It does, it does feel rushed. I'm very excited for that movie, though. I think it's going to be quite, a, quite an intense experience. It looks pretty awesome. It looks, I like movies that try, try different things. And as far as I know, this is the first first-person action movie that's done entirely in first-person. And it looks like they're going to do some really cool stuff with that idea. There's some definitely some interesting things in the trailer. Did you there's, see the... some of the others? I, I did. I guess I saw the new trailer because the one part, the one there. where he's on the like the chain gun thing and he goes through the van. Did you see that? Yeah, that, that was a part bit. In the trailer? That was a bit insane. Yeah, there's a certain spot like when they do a lot of the uh, the stunts and stuff. It looks pretty incredible, but then there's other portions where it's you're just like, oh, this looks like a video game. And it doesn't look good. Well, but it's mostly yeah, just I, the stuff when he's not doing any action things, you know, where he's just like walking hallways and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree with that. I also like the scene where he's riding and somebody tosses him a grenade, and like the guy on the bike tosses him a grenade and he catches it and throws it. I just, it looks like they're gonna do a lot of really cool stuff with that movie, and I, and I like movies that try different things. I, just, I like movies that have a gimmick. I don't know what the the runtime on that thing is, but... Uh, uh, I can't imagine it's very long. I can't imagine it. I don't yeah. think people could take it. Yeah, exactly. Good idea to keep that short. Let's yeah, that I, short. I'm, I'm not sure that I could take, like, two hours. <laughs> it's like two hours, 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's that would, in real time. I'd, I, yeah, I'd probably have to uh, excuse myself from that or, or look away. <laughs> Just look away for a while. <laughs> recharge. <laughs> but, eh. All right, that's pretty much it for news. Let's go ahead and jump into our first review. Let's think uh, we could do The Witch. Oh. Since, since that one is actually out now. <sighs> Let's do it. All right. So this is written and directed by Robert Eggers. It stars uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, Ralph Innocen, Kate Dickey. I have a synopsis here. A family in 1630s New England is torn apart by the forces of witchcraft, black magic, and possession. The the old trifecta. Look out. We'll start with you, Kevin. What'd you think of the witch? Uh, Impressive in a number of areas, but ultimately, like at its core, extremely disappointing. Oh, that's a shame. Just extremely disappointing. I like the actual look. Of it, you know, the cinematography, the production design, you know, costume design. I mean, I mean, damn, that is impressive stuff because it really immerses you in that time period. Um, and of course, a lot with the dialogue and stuff, how he pulled it from actual text and everything. And then the, I thought I enjoyed the music as well. But any point in time that they had like, like the, uh, the grounded reality interact with the, if you want to call it supernatural, whatever, the witchcraft, black magic, that type of thing. Anytime that those two came together and were actually forced to interact with each other, it just completely deflated for me. Hmm. It just didn't work at all. None of it, really. Except for, I guess, the the one uh, possession scene. Yeah. But even that, I mean, but hell, oh my, that kid's acting. Whew. 
that, yeah. The, in that sequence, oh my goodness. Yeah. That kid brought it. Yes, Harvey, he did. Harvey Scrimshaw. Uh, so that's, that's definitely one of the highlights for me of this movie is the performances. And that's not something, and I've said it a million times on this show, that's not something that I ever really... Um, performances are, are so low for me as far as like importance yeah. of a, of a film. But as such, when they, when it's really good, when the performances are really good, um, I take notice and this movie has some outstanding, surprising, surprisingly good performances. Uh, like from, uh, Kate Dickey too. She did woof, emotion. The emotion she brought to that character. Yeah, and even as, the, the twins, especially the, yes. the girl who played Mercy, Ellie Granger. She, yeah. She terrified me straight from the outset. Yeah. That's just, I just um, Twins freak me out. I don't know why. I don't like twins. Like, uh, well, I guess sort of like you, uh, I wasn't as blown away with it as most people have been. Thus far, it's been getting very good reviews, and people are just loving, loving this movie. And uh, I, I liked it quite a bit. Don't get me wrong; I, I thought that it was a an excellent, excellent horror movie. But um, maybe maybe it was just the hype. Maybe like like we were talking about last week. Maybe it was a bit overhyped for me. Um, there were several sequences that that I thought were genuinely scary. Uh, and that was one thing that I did appreciate about this movie is that they don't, there, there are some jump scares in it, but it doesn't rely on that. It, it relies more on the atmosphere and the mood and the music and kind of the, uh, the culmination of all of those things. The lighting too is really excellent in this movie. Mm -hmm. The, the use of light and it's kind of all of those things build the tension and the, and the fear and the, and the paranoia of this family. And I liked that. I always appreciate when movies are confident enough to not throw in a whole bunch of, you know, superficial jump scares. Yeah. And I mean, that, and that's the, the thing that kind of disappointed me is I thought it did do a pretty good job of building the tension and everything and the paranoia, like you were saying. But then, like I said, once they, they interact or once he kind of shows you something, it's just, oh, just empty. Just oh, like see, so, yeah. So, so you're saying that you know, like, without, yeah, without anytime, giving anything away, anytime that you... they actually interacted, you know, when right. you actually got to see the witchcraft, yeah. I thought he did a great job. Like, especially the very, very beginning when you first kind of see it, you know, yeah. when you have someone kind yeah. of making up this lotion potion type deal, like that was creepy shit. <laughs> lotion potion <laughs> that was creeping me the fuck out. Okay, yeah. Because the lighting in that and the way the way in which he shot it, you know, like extreme close ups and everything's kind of a lot of what's going on. You can't really see it's obscured, which, well, also, you know, lets you lets the imagination yeah. play a part and get to interact with it. But then and I wish there was more of that throughout because everything else beyond that point is just straightforward. Here it is. And you don't obscure anything. It's just right there. And it just didn't work for me at all. Well, for the, for the most part, I mean, like as far as without getting into to possible spoiler territory, I think that uh, that that initial scene that you're referring to with the the potion lotion, potion lotion, uh, that that scene was tough, man. People in my theater were just they were like audibly uncomfortable with that scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it was really it, unnerving. It's a, 
it's a really tough scene uh, just because of what you see and what you know is happening or is about to happen. Yes. It's, uh, it's, this is a, this is a pretty dark movie. This, this movie goes to some pretty dark places. Well, that's what I'm, I think that's just kind of unfortunate for me because a, you have, you know, the hype around it. So you got those expectations built up pretty nicely even though my expectations weren't too high because i wasn't that enamored with the trailer but then you start off the movie like that where it's just deeply unsettling it just creeped me the fuck out and i was like oh shit this is gonna be good oh my goodness but then everything after that was just just didn't just didn't reach that that same level that same height yeah uh i would i would semi agree with you on that i feel like the the things that that preceded that scene were not as impactful. And I was kind of expecting a bigger payoff, if you will, at the end. And so I was was a little disappointed with how things, I mean, that's the, and and I don't, and and just, just to be clear, I don't mean like the actual conclusion. I mean, more, more like the climax because that what happens at the very, very end, I was totally on board with that. I was like, yeah, I'd do that too. Why not? Well, I mean, at that point in time, yeah. What do you got to lose? Exactly. You're gaining everything. But I'm talking about the the actual, you know, the the big climax. I I would say, you know, when they go back, when they go back into the woods. Right. At the very, very end, which if you if for me, if you look at it kind of like a like a line graph type situation, really the the first point up super high. Really, it's like at the top of the, the line graph, as high as you want it to be. And then at the very end, it's at the very, very bottom of the line graph because that, that whole sequence at the very end was just, I thought it was hilarious. And I don't think that that was the intention. Uh, no. It just I don't did not so. work for me. It's like, oh my God. A little, little ambiguity, I think, would have helped. Would have went a long way. But unfortunately, I didn't get that. Yeah, but, yeah that is unfortunate because that, uh, that all, all that stuff worked for me. Um, I, I think that I was, I was pretty unsettled the entire time that this movie was <laughs> was was playing out in front of me uh and as you mentioned before the the black philip thing where whereas you seem to have found that i'm assuming you found that kind of silly the black philip thing um cuz i found that to be really disturbing the the voice i found to be really disturbing i yeah i and i like that they went there and i kind of it should have just ended there for me but i i I don't know it's just so much emphasis on the the black philip but he doesn't really i don't know i don't know how i feel about black philip i feel like black philip should have played a a larger role because i never quite understood his link but i mean it is everything because he's half and half he's kind of creepy he's a black goat that just goating it up which is fun to see uh it made for some funny dialogues you know when the the father asked if they made an unholy union mm-hmm. the goat mm-hmm. just because he's a goat i think makes it kind of funny you know what i mean it's like it's hard to to, to overcome that the inherent uh, silliness of a goat because goats are just silly. silly right but they're also like demonic Similar. I know, but and and it's yeah, and it's tough because you realize that a lot of that probably just came from people back in the day 
being like, oh, fuck, he has square eyes. He doesn't belong here. He's got to be evil. And it's just a fucking goat, you know? <laughs> it's just a goat. They do silly stuff. So anytime that he would do, like, you know, the suspenseful music where the camera would kind of just, it's just stuck on Black Phillip's face and it's kind of coming in at him. I'm just like, oh, goat. <laughs> I like this goat. I, I, I imagine <laughs> I, I was having flashbacks to that YouTube video of the screaming goat. It's <laughs> a goat. Made me want to laugh. Good old goat. Uh, he's not in it a whole lot, though. No, he's not. <clears throat> and then when he does get down to business, you know, he starts doing some dirty work. Yeah. It's just, a, you know, it's kind of, I don't know what I was expecting, but it was a bit disappointing. Like, oh, that's all this goat's going to do? Yeah, I was expecting it to, to be a little bit more with that as well. But And how do you not see a goat coming? How's a goat sneak up on you? Right. Come on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that happened. Uh, what'd you think of the dialogue? Because they used uh, they used the kind of old English dialogue. Yeah, which, which is, is I, that was a surprise. And I, it was interesting seeing. I guess some people were having problems with it. Like, no, I didn't. I didn't have a problem well, with at it least, at all. I guess that's my my wife was telling me she was reading some stuff that people were having issues with it, and she asked. Oh, it doesn't me. surprise me. Come on. But I, I, I interestingly enough didn't have, which was because usually I do have trouble. You know, at least understanding. Right. But I didn't have uh, any issues. Once once I got used to it, like once I settled into oh, okay, they're this is how they're talking, then I was able to kind of yeah. reacclimate and Well and that's what I mean. Like the, the attention to detail when it comes to getting the period right is uh, I mean, it's remarkable. Yeah. Like as a period drama, through the roof, aces as like a suspenseful, tension filled film, it's at the, at the bottom. Eh. Eh. It's unfortunate. Eh. Uh, so Blake reviewed this on the site. So if you want to read his four V, he gave it a nine out of ten. Oh boy! Yeah, he was. Oh, he was loving it. Uh, when I was editing the the review, I put in a still of one of my favorite shots in the movie, Is it the which goat? dancing, dancing goat. No, it wasn't a, It wasn't a dancing goat. It was. Um, it was kind of a wide shot of them standing by that tree. There was some nice shots in there, especially when they would do. And now I, I, I wanted more of that. There's a lot of instances where they're like in the woods and stuff, and the camera kind of stays back where they kind of trail off to do their, to, you know, in, inevitably meet up with the black magic, witchcraft, whatever, you know, supernatural elements. And I like that the camera stayed behind because it, it, that's what I want, I guess I should say, is that I like that ambiguity to let my imagination get to play. But my imagination yeah. didn't, uh, Eggers wasn't interested in my imagination helping out or collaborating with his film. Not really. Not really. And I, I, and I'm, that just, was, I'm that, never really for that, I guess. I that say. was actually, that was actually, and this, this may be considered a mild spoiler, but that was one of the things that initially surprised me was that you see the witch right off. Like you, like I thought it was going to be uh, a movie where you don't even know if, if it is a witch or if they're yeah. all just going crazy out in the woods, yeah. you know, and they pretty much show you right off the bat. Oh, there's a witch. Like there is a witch. It's witch. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll agree that there wasn't a whole lot of ambiguity going on. I mean, there's, there's some conclusions and inferences that you can draw from how things happened and regarding like the possession and the twins and, 
Black Phillip and, you know, who was involved and who was under what influence and stuff like that. Because things are a little hazy when it comes to that, I think. Yeah. But as far as, uh, you know, what the witches looked like and all that stuff, like, yeah, you, you pretty much see them. For, you, you only see the face uh, a couple times. Yeah. Most of the time they're huddled over something and you just see their gross butts. <laughs> you see a gross witch butt. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it, I mean, there's some, there's some instances of where you get the kind of, you know, you get to, to ponder some things, but I don't know if that's necessarily from the actual movie itself, or it's just because he did such a good job of transporting right. all the information and history I, that he had, and that you're getting all the stuff that's inherent in the material itself, not yeah, anything I, that he's actually done with it. I, I think, yes, that's what I think. I think it's it's the latter, where he's literally just kind of transposing these these stories that have, you know, cause, cause all, which I didn't even know until the little blurb at the end of the movie that says that, you know, these were pulled from actual texts and things. Yeah. Um, I think that, because there's a lot of religion. I mean, a lot of, re- this whole, like, pretty much every line of dialogue is them quoting scripture and stuff like that. What did, yeah, what did we do? Right. Oh, it's, doing I mean, this it, to us. Like, the religion angle is in full effect. I mean, there's probably more religious stuff in here than, like, uh, than, uh, was that? Risen. <laughs> it's probably more than Risen. <laughs> probably is. <laughs> but... but uh, to that to that point, I don't think that there were any kind of religious messages or un, or, or like I don't think he was trying to say anything about that. No, I don't think he movie. was either. I think, I think that just, it was just. It's I think just it was just to get the accuracy right. It was authentic. Yeah. yeah, I mean the the authenticity. Like this is probably how it would be back then. They're just talking about plus. Um, and this this is not a spoiler, but the. They start the movie off with them essentially being banished out of the the colony. So, and and, and do they even say? Do they say outright why they got kicked out or why they left? Uh, it, I know it had something to do with. I think it was because the religion. Of like, yeah, I think it was what because of what he was preaching. They were too I, hardcore. They were just. I I kind of forget, but I think it was something along those lines. But and I mean that's where you know some of their them going crazy comes from is they're trying to make sense of all this and they think it's because of god but it, like they're at that point in time that they haven't quite understood that it's just it's called winter and winters are really harsh it's a harsh mistress <laughs> yeah like you just can't grow shit and like kids are gonna die if you leave them out in the woods so you know and they're just why is god doing this to us he's not you're just you're just fucking up stop fucking up you're just out in the freaking wilderness stop fucking with the woods trying to make a go of it yeah stop trying uh, to sell your daughters yeah anyway oh. give your daughter away uh and very very creepy i thought it was uh intensely creepy even even though it is uh more of a slow burn i mean there's not it's not like wall-to-wall craziness happening it's it's a slow build-up but even when it's just them trying to wrap their heads around what's happening. I thought that the, the tension was, they kept the tension levels pretty high. Um, and that's mostly credited to the, the music. The music really keeps you on edge. Yeah, they're torturing their strings. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. It was loud, too. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any final thoughts on The Witch? Uh, no, I think I, I think I covered everything. Okay. Uh, let's give this a score. Kevin, what are you going to give The Witch? I'm going to give it like a reluctant seven. <laughs> it's like a give... soft, that's a soft limp seven. I'm going eight on this one. <sighs> going eight. Ooh. Yep. Ooh. As a pretty big fan. It stuck with me and I'm still, I saw it yesterday and I'm still kind of, it's still going over, I'm, I'm going over in my head t- today and, and it's, it's just, uh, it's one of those that, that got really under my skin. It's, I'm still thinking about it. I see, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not. I mean, like, my initial reaction was uh, time to go buy some groceries. <laughs> Get my grocery shopping done. Mine was I need to go home and take a nap because I have a headache. <laughs> but it was unrelated to the movie. I had the headache prior, prior to going into the movie. That but, sucks. I'm sure uh, the strengths didn't help it. No. No, not really. Uh, that's The Witch. That's playing in theaters right now. Let's talk about The Invitation. Uh, so this this movie is it's not out yet. So basically, we had just, to just rub it in your face. That's what we're doing. Yeah. So this is this is one to look out for. It doesn't come out till April April eighth, but uh, we're reviewing it now because it we kind of had a we we're on a timetable. We kind of had to get it watched. So I figured we were, it's we were best forced to. Is what we're trying to say. It's best to get our thoughts recorded now. And because by April 8th, I'll probably forget, you know, a lot about this. More likely. Uh, not, not because of the movie, but just because uh, it happens. We're going to watch with 47 other movies yeah. doing that. It happens time. with everything. So I want to get my thoughts down on this one uh, as soon as I can. This is directed by Karen Kusama. I have a synopsis here. While attending a dinner party at his, at his former home, a man thinks his ex-wife and her new husband have sinister intentions for their guests. This stars uh, Michael Huisman, Logan Marshall Green, John Carroll Lynch, uh, others. <laughs> Lynch. Uh, Mike Doyle's in there. Lindsay Burge. Uh, it's an ensemble cast. The dinner That's, party, which yeah. I thought was... We've been talking a lot about dinner parties. I know. I think, we've, I think that's like a stretch of three episodes now. Yeah. Dinner party talk. I think so. Which, right off the bat, this movie is inherently just creepy and disturbing because it's a dinner party, at least for me. Yeah. Because I would be much like this guy. I always, I always think there's, there's got to be something else going there's on. Something there's something sinister. An ulterior, there's, there's an something ulterior a, motive to every dinner Something's party. afoot. Something, they're working on something, and you're not going to like it. Yeah. They lure you with that free food. Yep. Drinks. There's always something. There's something going on. You know. Dinner parties are always self-serving in some way. Exactly. Uh, I'll start this one off. Uh, the Invitation. I, I was a big fan of this one, even though I will say that I predicted, pretty semi-accurately predicted, what was going to happen at the end, like what, what this was all about. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that that's a big deal i think that just if you see the trailer you probably have an idea of you know what this what the ulterior motives are for this dinner party uh what i didn't expect was how they like what happened you know like the the end result of all of this yeah and i gotta say i was pretty impressed by everything Uh, the much like the witch i found that the the tension of this movie was always building like you you 
You knew that there was something going on. But the interesting thing about the invitation was that you never really knew if it was because you, you mostly follow Will. So pretty much everything you see from his perspective and you you're never really sure if he's just being paranoid or if he's starting to lose it because of the circumstances that that happened prior to this dinner party so yeah. you're never you're never really sure what's what's going on and you'll have this tension build and then something will happen where you're just like oh my god there's something going on here but then they'll the, then they'll kind of diffuse that for a little bit and then they'll start building it back up because he'll see something else. And you're like, what is that all about? Mm-hmm. Which I thought was the, the main thing that I appreciated in this movie. Is it how just keeps kept, you hooked. Kept, yeah, because you're completely on board with them right from the outset. where you're, Or at least I was because, like I said, it's a dinner party. So I'm just like, yeah, there's something going on here, man. And then, yeah. you know, the first couple of things that happen, and it's like, oh, these people are really happy. Like, and then that always tips you off to something. Like, no one's that fucking happy. I liked how the guests first first of all i'll say this uh the like the friends and stuff like the camaraderie felt very real to me and i actually liked the people at this dinner party i i didn't like outright hate all of the characters which happens a lot in these types of movies and they for the most part almost all of them did the right thing they all seemed like intelligent rational people so it was funny to me when they immediately figured out what was going on, and to a certain extent, they figured out what was happening uh, with David and uh, why? Why am I getting these? <laughs> Eden. Eden. Yes. David and Eden. Like they immediately figured out what was going on there, and they like announced it. Like they knew what was happening, and I liked that. I liked that they they knew it. They recognized it, and, and I like, and, it. yeah, and they all pretty much acknowledged like this is this is uncomfortable. Yeah, and they were like, like this. yeah, this this kind of weird guys. So I I really liked that about this movie, how it was very matter of fact, and these people were pretty earnest with each other as friends would be. Yeah. Um. So yeah, what did you what did you think of the invitation? I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. And. I figured you would. For the main reason that I stated just a little bit earlier is I like that they kept how she kept playing with that. How uh, you know I would be on his side, and it's like okay, there's something going on here. This something seems amiss, and then of course their presentation or whatever, and it's like oh okay, yeah, this is really what the fuck. And then you know, and then you start to question because, like you said, it, because of the past and the trauma that he went through. You're mm-hmm. starting to worry if he's just maybe getting an over a bit overzealous with this whole thing, and then you know, kind of something else happens that kind of undercuts everything that makes you again start to re-question what the hell is exactly going on here, and then it comes to its to its natural end, which you kind of figured all along. But I did like that, even though it, it kind of has that predictable end, and even kind of pretty much clearly states how this is going to end because of the type of film that it is the genre and everything but how it can keep you guessing yeah up until that point it it keeps you guessing all the way up until the end and there's there's something that happens at the very end the the final shot that because there's there's something that he that david does and i was like oh that's that's something something's Mm -hmm. up with that and then they come back to it at the very final shot 
and you're just like, what? And it was like this kind of it wasn't a twist, but it was like no, it's just it's just, it's just kind of like a, a reveal that there's a little bit more to this. Than... Yeah, and it was it was awesome. Like I I I love yes. that. And again, and again, like, yes, and again and again, it just it just stops there. It just yep. stops you there. It gives you that little bit just at the end of like, okay, there's there's a little bit more to this, but ah, we're done. Roll credits. Yep. And it, that's what I appreciate where then, you know, it gives me at least a, a starting point where I can think about things instead of just everything being straightforward, like kind of how I saw the witch. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was, it was awesome. Uh, again, this, this, this is a, it's a pretty violent movie. Um, not overly gory or anything, but the violence feels very visceral and real in this. Yeah. And then one of the main things for that reason is because when the violence does, when it finally shows up um the way in which people use weapons i like that they they look like they've never used them before and i don't know if you can remember like there were certain characters like the way that they held a gun Mm -hmm. is like i don't think you've ever used a gun before yeah yeah uh it, it definitely is a movie that that keeps you guessing at every at every second it has that it has kind of um it has kind of a, a Hitchcockian vibe to it as well. There's uh, the music plays a big part in that too, I think. But uh, very, very suspenseful. Kept me guessing. Loved it. Yeah, it was great. Bit creepy. Good build up. Yeah, great build up. Great build up because of the whole paranoia aspect. Yeah. There were you know he was having flashbacks, and I'm not. I'm trying to be very, very careful about what I reveal in this. Yeah, and I love, the, I love the way in which the flashbacks are handled because they just kind of come up at once a certain point in time, and you're just like, oh shit! Like, there's okay, there's more to this. Like, I, you didn't even they they don't really even speak of it, and then they just right. bring it up in flashback, but they don't just they still don't discuss it for a while. It's just like, oh, here's some stuff. It's like, yeah. uh, wait, what? So essentially, while you're piecing together what this dinner party could be about and why this is happening, you're at the same time piecing together their past and figuring out, you know, what what we know going into it is that this this couple is divorced and that's pretty much it. Like he's he hasn't seen her in two years. He's going for a dinner party. That's it. Like that's all you really know going into the movie. And then, but as it progresses, they they. You see flashbacks as he visits the different rooms and parts of the home. And so you start piecing together the whole backstory. And I liked that aspect of it, too. Because even though those flashbacks were kind of just exposition, really, yeah. it, it was all, they were all puzzle pieces. And I, I appreciated how they delivered that. Rather than just having one flashback or having, you know, having them, because they could have easily had, um, Will and Kira having a conversation about it on the way to the dinner party. They could have easily done that. And then, then we would have known the whole backstory, but they, but you know, she, she decided to do it in a much more elegant way. Yeah. And the way in which that, that stuff is revealed is what ultimately leads you to kind of start questioning. Right. Yeah. You start questioning, you know, am I on the right side here or is he just losing his mind? Right, exactly, and I, yeah, yep, and because uh, yeah, I, I can definitely understand, I can definitely understand him losing his mind. Yeah, of course, of course. He he knew going into it that it was going to be a difficult situation. Well, and plus but, you get uh, 
the whole idea of this the invitation thing whatever the hell it is gets you thinking too because they they don't really explain everything right yeah they leave a lot of it just open because no one asked about it yep there wasn't much of an explanation with that so you're just kind of wondering what how all this is working and all of that stuff too so yeah and and they i should also note they start the movie off with kind of a shocking sequence doing the old mercy kill <laughs> yeah gotta kill yeah, them just... like, what what a way to what a way to start this movie off i mean you're going into it kind of feeling not right you know because that plays into the themes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. exactly mercy kills uh, it is a great movie, though. I highly implore you to check it out when it when it comes out in April. I don't know if we've ever. Uh, <laughs> there, there, there have probably been times where we've reviewed movies that are that far off, but I we've, feel bad re- doing <laughs> we've it. reviewed some movies that never came out at all. <laughs> never come out. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, Drafthouse Films is putting this out. I think it's a good fit for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure that they'll do right by uh, this movie. So, which oh, the one, the one of the uh, Lindsay Berg's character in this and her performance was quite good. And this mixed yeah. with her performance in uh, Tears of God, like my goodness, she should definitely be getting more work. Yeah, I thought she was. I thought she was good in this. Um, she was good in a, a teacher too. She was really good in that. Just all different kinds of characters. Yeah, yeah. She's doing it all. I thought everybody did a really good job. Uh, John Carroll Lynch, uh, Drew Carey's brother in the Drew Carey Show. He's he, he seems to. <laughs> That's the, it's the only thing I remember him from, and the 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 stamp the stamp guy from Fargo. Yeah. Those are the only two things that I can remember him in. Yep. I don't know if he's been in anything else, has he? He's been in tons of stuff. <laughs> he's are been in sure? so much. Are you sure? <laughs> Yeah, he's he's in so he played he was oh, yeah, in Zodiac. Right. Yeah, he, Zodiac. He, that's right. He was like the possible Zodiac killer in Zodiac. Yeah, he was totally the Zodiac killer. Yep, he was in uh, The Walking Dead. People people probably recognize him from The Walking Dead, and he played John Wayne Gacy in American Horror Story. Oh boy. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's been in lots of stuff, but I I will because that was the first time I've ever. I ever saw him was playing Drew Carey's brother. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll always know him as Drew Carey's cross-dressing brother. Exactly. But yeah, he did a good job. Um, I thought that Logan Marshall Green looked a lot like Tom Hardy. Oh shit, that's exactly what I said too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looked a lot like Tom Hardy in this. It's like a thinner, thinner hipster version of Tom Hardy. Yeah, it was kind of weird at times. Yeah, I couldn't. I was having a difficult time moving past that, actually. Because every time he would pop up, I'm just like, God, he fucking looks like Tom Hardy. I was expecting to hear him with his, just his, just weird, his weird accent. <laughs> his weird accent from The Revenant. <laughs> Go <off> squirrel. <laughs> so, that's what I wanted to be his rebuttal to the invitation. <laughs> like, this, is, this is ridiculous. That's a squirrel. Uh... That's what I believe in. What's with these bars on the windows? <laughs> <laughs> we got all these bars on the windows. <laughs> we got a lock on the door. <clears throat> uh, and yeah. he's still, still not. You still have no idea what happened to that one character. Which yeah, I like. I, well, they I, just I have left, my, they just I have completely my, left that dangling. Yeah, 
very very strong suspicions on what happened yeah here. i mean i do too but i i appreciate the fact that i i don't know for certain i yeah i thought for sure uh towards the end they were gonna come back to it but they didn't i mean that would have been if they did it the the no never mind i was that was my comment was gonna get too too close to spoiler territory there uh and and this is this is a movie that uh i mean if you've listened to this review i think that you could still go into it knowing nothing because i think that we really i think we did a pretty solid job of skirting around any details but i would say don't don't (laughs) read it our review has been extremely vague yeah (laughs) i mean don't don't go don't read anything about it don't I would say even try to avoid the trailers if you can, because the trailers, like I already knew. Yeah. See, I, when I went into it, it all I know is it's like a thriller type horror, and that's all I knew. And it was a dinner party. Yeah. See, and, I, I from the trailer, I had suspicions about you know what it was all about. So if you haven't seen the trailer, I would say avoid it and then just just go into it completely cold because it's it is definitely one of those types of movies that you will benefit uh more from it knowing nothing going into it for sure most definitely yeah uh what'd you think of the one location shoot pretty much all took place in this house yeah worked well yeah it was a nice house it was a nice house it was a really nice house got a nice house and i like that they commented on the fact that it was a nice house too which you would you would exactly i mean that's what when you start to reach an age like that's all you can talk about really it's like commenting on houses in the weather. Yeah, it's some great because uh... <laughs> no one's no one's interested in anything else really. Oh, I love your cabinets. <laughs> yeah, is that... <laughs> look, look these back. are great fixtures. <laughs> I like your sconces. Where do you get yeah, those? Guy, you do those sconces yourself? Oh, is this the original crown molding on here? See, exactly. You, I mean, you you have at least two hours worth of of dialogues. Yep, right there. Because that's what you have to do. You have to try to come up with stuff well and you gotta you know frame it around their house because that's what a good guest does mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I, I know how to i know how to act at a dinner party i just never want to be a part of one same here but if, if, if i'm forced to i think i could perform you know i could probably do serviceable job yeah I, I think i could too um this is definitely i think the best film that uh karen kusama's done she's pr- she previously did girl fight and aeon flux and jennifer's body uh, t- to me, this is definitely above those three movies I by far. I haven't seen any of those. Well, but I didn't do it this. Yeah, I mean, this is this is way better, way, way, way better. I completely forgot that there was an Eon Flux movie. Yeah, <laughs> and that was two thousand five. What, what a weird. Too? I know. Yeah, and but what a strange because Aeon Flux came out in two thousand five, but the the show on uh, what was it? it was Liquid what? Television. Yeah, is that? On liquid television, mm-hmm. that was on in like 1993 or something. You know, it's just it's so weird that they made a movie, a live action movie out of that, so far after the show was on. <laughs> they, they just want to wait until you know you almost forgot about the interest level of it is just six feet under, and then that's when they want to bring stuff back. I, it's been working so well for them. Yeah, I don't know. She's uh she's gonna be doing a, a movie coming out. It's supposed to be out this year called uh, XX or Double X, which is an anthology of female-driven horror movie segments. So it's uh it's yet another horror anthology, but it's all 
uh, female driven. So could could be that one could be interesting. Heck yeah. So all right, let's go ahead and give the invitation a score. I'm gonna uh, give it. I think I'm gonna throw out another eight on this one. See, I'm thinking eight as well. I'm thinking eight because like. I, I can't find a whole lot of issues I had with this movie. There's there's not a whole lot of criticisms I had with it. And I hate I had, to I hate to like you know kind of put the two films together that we saw. You know what I mean? To kind of judge one from the other based on what they are. But I appreciated the uh, the pacing and the invitation a lot more. I will agree. I will agree. It is yeah. The pacing is a lot better. In the in the invitation, it was definitely kept more interesting. Yeah, yeah. Switching it up and making you question things. There are lulls in in the witch that you simply did not have in the invitation. The invitation was just full of twists and turns, and it just it it kept you it kept you uh, thinking yeah, the whole time. Subtle. They're not ridiculous twists and turns where like the whole fabric of the oh, film no. is completely changing. Yeah. you know what I mean. It's just. <laughs> It's like a subtle it's twist small, where it's just like, oh, okay. it's small things, you know, like he'll, like he'll be standing somewhere. You see this in the trailer. He'll be standing somewhere and he'll see somebody do something in another room that's like across the way that he can kind of see through the backyard. And you're just like, what was that? Yeah. Like, what was that all about? And so it's just, it's small things, but it's enough to just keep its hooks in you. And, and um, it's, it's great. I mean, it's what any good suspense thriller should, should do it hits all the right buttons for me so correct uh again the invitation comes out april 8th and it'll be in theaters i'm not sure if this is going to be on vod uh let me let me just do a kind of a cursory look and see if it is pop that in your old uh your old outlook calendar let me see here i would imagine it with draft house well they they, yeah they do it they do um don't they do their stuff on amazon I thought they did, or do they? Or they release it a little bit later on Amazon. Yep. Or it's, so it's it's going to be in theaters and on demand April eighth. So it will be day and date. So nice. Check it out. Let's go ahead and talk about some of what we've been watching. Uh, now I I had to go out of town this week to attend a funeral, so I did not get to watch a lot. But I started the week off with the great hip hop hoax, which was a a documentary from 2013 by Jeannie Finley. Oh yeah, is this okay? Is this so the one the, where they're like from Ireland or something? They're from yeah, they're from Scotland. <laughs> so they there were these two Scottish rappers who they they were really good, they were really talented, but they were not being taken seriously because they're Scottish. And you know they would do they would do shows, they were growing a following, but they were not getting any kind of interest from record labels or anything like that. And all of a sudden, they decided to pretend to be American. And as soon as they decided to pretend to be American, they got signed to Sony. (laughs) And they got a major label contract. And they started touring and doing interviews and doing the whole thing as Americans. And uh, it's just, it's basically a documentary about how they did it and kind of the fallout from it and how it affected them. and. And uh, just where it went from there. Really interesting story. The documentary itself, not great. Mm-hmm. Not great. Uh, it's, a lot of it is animated uh, to kind of fill in the, the gaps in the story and stuff. Uh, so it's, it's basically 
a lot of talking head stuff mixed in with like as they're telling the stories uh they they have 2d animation mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's uh it's okay it's not great but you know the documentary itself is just a little meh for me gotcha. again story quite good very interesting to see i mean they fooled everyone they they fooled everyone even though people would be on go online and say like i went to school with that guy he's not american they would they still like nobody noticed and <laughs> like nobody paid attention. <laughs> so yeah, very, it's, it's pretty interesting. Uh, again, it's called the great hip hop hoax. Uh, I can't remember where I watched this. Where did I watch this? Shit. Might've been Netflix or Fandor. It's probably Netflix or Fandor. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I watched uh, Anomalisa. Oh, okay. Check that one out. Charlie Kaufman, Duke Johnson, puppets, stop motion puppets. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, I was let down by this one. Wasn't a big fan. Just didn't feel that there was that much uh, substance to this one. And there wasn't. Th- but that was the point. Yeah. Don't give me that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that shit so much. But I honestly, I was like, okay, because there's there's like so much of this like build up. They, they, it felt like they were laying like all this groundwork and built, building this framework to it and everything. And then there's a, a certain point in time where like you know something. It felt like it was going to be a catalyst. Like I was like, okay, here we go. Now we're getting into the getting to the, the meat and potatoes of the story here. It's just getting started. Here we go. And then it was over like 15 minutes later. And I was like, oh, what the fuck happened? The thing about like, Anomalisa... <laughs> like, we forgot the middle. We've, like, or just any building on any of this whatsoever. Yeah. I, I think that 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 is something that is a valid criticism, and I think that that's something that a lot of people could have an issue with with that movie, is that when you look at that movie, almost nothing happens in yeah. that movie. It is like the... Can you imagine if they did that with, like... And I know that there was a point for them to do it with like stop motion and have it be like dolls. But can you imagine if it was live action, how f- unbelievably dull and pointless and boring that movie would be? Yes, it would be, it would be awful. Um, and yeah, like you said, I can, I understand that having to do the puppets and everything, cause it wouldn't have worked without the puppets. Cause you have Tom Noonan doing the voices of every single person, which, you know, except for the main character and, Lisa, which I loved. I loved that portion of it. Just yeah. getting to hear Tom Noonan <laughs> voice all these different people is just fantastic. And especially when he was watching TV and you have Tom Noonan doing all the voices yeah. of everything on TV, especially yeah. when he stops on like, uh, when, he, when he's like on Turner Movie Classics and it's an old movie and it's, it's rendered in, in puppet stop motion with Tom Noonan doing all the character voices. Yep. Just, I want that forever. Please. <laughs> just do that. Just for just on and on. Because I will watch it. Because it was fantastic. But everything else, just it didn't. I just, I wasn't feeling it. And I do understand, like you said, that, you know, there's a point to it. And I can, un- I can see what the point is, but I'm not on board with the point. Mm-hmm. And I don't find it interesting. And why did you make a movie about this? It's funny. That was my initial reaction right after I saw it. But 
I kind of warmed up to it. Well, I know, just like, why is he so hell bent on obscure delusions? Like, what is wrong with Charlie Kaufman? What is, why are you doing movies about Fregoli and, uh, forget the Capgra and what was the other one? Guitard. I mean, he's just, he likes to put those in there for some reason. He has issues. Charlie Kaufman needs to talk to somebody. Well, hopefully he's in, he's in therapy. I, man. I would hope so. You know, you would make so much money off him. <laughs> therapy. Sweet Jesus. Well, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I don't want him to go into therapy because then, then maybe his... <laughs> won't be, yeah, like his movies, movies won't be as good. <laughs> I, think, I think maybe the movies are his therapy. It's like he's working it out through making, making these movies. Um, speaking of working things out, I saw Where to Invade Next, directed by Michael Moore. Okay. I was a big fan of this one. Uh, like a lot of people have been saying, this is not as grim and dire as his previous movies. It's it's much more, not necessarily optimistic, but more positive uh, movie than, than he's done in recent years. This one's interesting. So basically, if you're not familiar with the premise, he goes uh, to all these different countries around the world and kind of picks he he quote unquote invades the country in order to grab the the best things from all of these countries and try to bring them back to us uh like he tackles the prison system he tackles schools both the uh both the education system in general and the um like what we're feeding our kids mm. and the the garbage that we're feeding kids in public schools uh, he talks about college and the crippling debt that uh, American s- college students are in after they come out of college and how there's, like in some countries, I believe it's Slovenia that he goes to, It college is free. Like, you can just go to college for free. There's no student loans, there's no tuition, no nothing. Yeah. Um, and he also talks about work, and he goes to Italy for that, which is really interesting because they get five weeks of paid vacation every year and they get paid for 13 months of work of full-time work even though obviously there's only 12 months in the year because the way that the italian government looks at it is 12 months out of the year you're you're paying your rent you know you're you're paying your bills and if you're going to have a month's month of vacation time they want you to be able to afford to take that vacation because what's the point in having vacation time if you can't afford to go on yeah. vacation? So they pay you for an additional month of, uh, of wages every year. And it's just, it's sad. It's just sad that we are, you know, the United States, we're supposed to be the most developed nation. And we're like the worst. We're the worst at everything. Well, the thing that always gets me that we're the, it's like maternity leave. Oh, the, yeah, he tells like, that yeah, just he, blows my mind. Yeah, he he talks about that. That's actually uh, women's rights and and women's uh, medical care. He talks about that, and um, it's yeah, it's just sad. It's sad that and a lot of these systems that he uh, goes to these other countries and and explores these systems. A lot of them were adopted from America and just refined. Like yeah, and. We either abandon them or, you know, introduce them and, or, and, and it never happened or it's just they've scaled them back over the years. 
and whatnot. And it's just, uh, it's really sad. But I think that this is a, it's a really important film. I feel like there's a lot of people that hate Michael Moore. And I think that this, this movie, you, you should be able to set aside your hatred for this guy and just watch it for how these other countries handle things. Like, for instance, the, the prison one and how he goes to, I think it's, I think it's Norway. And in Norway, the, the maximum sentence that you can have is 21 years in prison. That's the maximum. That's, that's if you, like, uh, go on a killing spree. Yeah. And their focus is rehabilitation. Like, everything they do is about rehabilitation and not just punishing people. And it's just the way that they handle And their recidivism rate in Norway is so, so much lower than here. Yeah, and a, and a, and a lot of what he you find out in this movie is that a lot of times it's the opposite of what you expect. Like in I, I want to say it's Finland, the 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 public education system in Finland, um, they have the the highest rated education system in the world, and they got there. They were doing very poorly, like, and in order to pull the, pull themselves up and eventually become the highest rated. Uh, public education system in the world is that they got rid of standardized tests. They got rid of multiple choice tests. Uh, they lowered the classroom time. So they actually go to school less than we do here in the States. And they, all of a sudden, everything started going better. And they don't have private or charter schools in Finland either. Every school is public school. So you don't have people fighting over which school to, that their kid's going to go to. And you don't have some schools that are so poorly funded that they have to get rid of, like, uh, you know, music and things like that. Every, every school is on the same level. You have the same exact curriculum and same exact system for all of the schools. Because whereas here, all the rich people funnel the money into the charter schools and the private schools, whereas over there the rich people funnel their money into the public schools where their kids go. So they're all, they're all like solidly funded. Yeah. You got that equal playing field going on. Right. And it seems like such a no brainer. You know, it seems like, why don't they do that here? And then you realize like how everybody's just corrupt and it's all about money. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but anyway, this is uh, where to invade next is playing in theaters right now. And I, I highly recommend going to see it. Even if you don't like Michael Moore. I mean, you you have to deal with him because, like in any Michael Moore movie, he he is very much in the movie a lot. I mean, he's the central character in all of his movies. But I think that you you can stomach him for 110 minutes just to kind of understand how these other systems work in other countries and and how it's not impossible for these things to be introduced into our country and to make it better. Yeah, keep an eye out for that one. Oh, it's never going to play in your area. You're just going to have to wait for that one, I think. Well, that's like the weird thing. With Michael Moore, he used to always play around here. But it seems like with this film, it's been like the release of it has taken forever. Well, it just came out like a week ago. So but I've it came out last no, But I've been hearing about it for so long. Yeah. It I played the festival circuit. Yeah. But usually, like, it, I guess what I'm saying is that in the past, it seems like the turnaround time on his films from festival to playing in a theater was relatively short. Yeah. This one seems to be it's pretty drawn out. 
Hmm. Yeah, it's it's longer. He's doing free screenings of it in Flint, Michigan, and it's. I think that he's working on releasing it. Uh, some theaters, because it's rated R for some reason, and I can't, I don't even know why. Like I, I have no idea why this this movie's rated R. Like I seriously have no, maybe there. I think there's like maybe one or two f bombs. I guess that, there's that'll two, do it. That'll do. It. If there's two f bombs, I know that it gets like an immediate Sorry. R. But I, I honestly. I can't even remember. You can't the f f bombs. Kids hearing the f word. So anyway, a lot of theaters have um, agreed to forgo their the rules and allow kids into this one, which is is a, a nice thing to read. Yeah, like why don't theaters just ignore them to begin with? <laughs> I think they, I think <laughs> they should, but it's all it's all about unions and shit like that. All right. Well, I uh, what do I got? What do I got? What do I got? Stray Dogs. Stray Dogs from 2013. Uh, I've been meaning to see this for a long time. This is actually on uh, Netflix Instant. You can watch it on there. A little over two hours. Got them extremely long shots. Um, and it's kind of episodic where it's just showing it's a father and his two kids. And they live on the outskirts of society in just abject poverty. Um, and it's just kind of little snippets, you know, each scene is just either a portion of his day. He has a job, um, standing with a billboard, but it's kind of just like a, like a signpost for like luxury apartments. And he just stands there with it. Nice. Like on the street. He's not, it's not involved as like America where, you know, you're flipping the sun and all that Spinning stuff. It. No, Sun's he's just, spinner. he's just standing there with it. He's just got to do that all day. Um, and by the looks of it, it's really windy where he is. Cause like every shot of him is just like in the middle of a monsoon. Looks insane. Um, so a lot of the, the beginning portions of the film are fantastic. Cause all these shots are just, they're beautiful. They're beautifully composed. The framing, the camera movement, if the camera does move, it's all fantastic. Um, the only thing that got me, it kind of lost me towards the end. There's, uh, where he kind of gets involved with this woman and uh, kind of staying with her at this abandoned building. And in this building is a mural that she likes to look at on occasion. Um, so it is a shot of those two staring at the mural unbroken for like 30 minutes. What? At least it felt like 30 minutes. I don't <laughs> know what the actual time is, but I swear it actually felt longer than 30 minutes. Um it's kind of interesting in the sense that there's like there's discrepancies that you know like differences between how he's reacting and how she's reacting. Kind of, kind of holds you on. You know, you're just hanging on by a thread. At least I was. Where it's just after a while, it's like, okay, I'm just looking at your faces and you're staring at a mural. <laughs> um, do we need to do this? Like, what 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 are we doing this for? What am, I, what am I supposed to be gleaning from this outside of that? He seems kind of bored because he keeps drinking his drink and he seems to be a bit exasperated by the whole situation. It seems to be emotionally affecting her because she's crying and whatnot. Um, but outside of that, man, what the, that's a way to end a film. It's like kind of in the middle there. Mm. Up okay. until that point, it's fantastic. Loved it. Loved every single thing about it. Mm. And that's uh, Stray Dogs available on Netflix. I saw the, the the last one that I'll mention is a movie called Times Square 
from 1980, directed by Alan Moyle. This is about two two girls. So one one of the girls is this kind of punk rock chick, and she lives on the streets. She had a rough upbringing, mm-hmm. and she ends up meeting this kind of rich girl who her father is a commissioner, and he is working on a revitalization project in Times Square, where he's planning on you know getting rid of all of the riffraff and lowering the crime and getting rid of all of the the uh, the porn theaters and stuff and just cleaning up Times Square, making it great, and w- which is really interesting because that's what happened. You know, mm-hmm. back in 1980 when this movie came out, uh, this was this came out the year before the most violent year in New York City's history, and th- it was pretty bad in 1980. <laughs> it was it was bad all throughout the 80s, really. Uh, so basically, these two two girls meet in the hospital because they both get taken in for some tests. They don't really say what's going on, why they're in there for any tests. I don't really get it. Uh, a lot of this movie doesn't make a lot of sense, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, they become friends, and they kind of just they sneak out of the hospital together, and they just basically go on a tear through New York City. They rob people, they steal stuff, they form a, form a punk band called the... I think they're called the, the, the Sisters of Sleaze, or the Sleaze Sisters... And uh, it's just a lot of fun. I had a great time with this movie, surprisingly. Uh, early role by Tim Curry. He plays a, a radio DJ. Uh, it's got a great soundtrack, too. It's got this kind of new wave soundtrack. We've got some talking heads in there. Uh, some uh, the Ramones. Of course, they play I Want to Be Sedated like 50 times in this movie. <laughs> Interestingly, I read that this, for a long time, this was the soundtrack of this movie was the only way to, to get a recorded version of I Want to Be Sedated by the Ramones. No, it was, really? on, it was only available on the double vinyl, the double LP for this movie. Hmm. Yeah. So kind of interesting. Alan Moyle's the guy who he would go on to direct Empire Records. Oh, yeah. Remember Empire Records? I yeah. sure do. Yep. And uh, I- I'm also planning on watching hopefully today, his next movie called Pump Up the Volume with Christian Slater. Yes. <laughs> From 1990 about a radio. Uh, he's a DJ in that too. So I'm kind of interested in that. But Times Square, uh, great. I-, I love movies that take place in New York City and I love movies that take place in the 80s in New York. So this was kind of right up my alley and it really showcased uh, the the kind of pre-Giuliani era so it, of Times Square. So. Would you say that New York itself almost plays a character in the film? <laughs> you might, yes, you might say that New York is like is, its actual own character. Is is a character? It's almost as if it is a character. Wow. Here, here's no, here's another interesting fact about Times Square in in the seventies. Oh, wow. Let me in be the seventies and eighties. I'll be most, the judge of that. Mostly the eighties. So by nineteen eighty four, an unprecedented twenty three hundred annual crimes occurred on a single block in Times Square, of which four hundred and sixty were serious felonies such as murder and rape. Yeah. <laughs> How is that it's insane? <laughs> yeah. At the time, since police morale was so low, misdemeanors were allowed to go unpunished. Wow. Yeah. And now to think of what it is now. Yeah, it's it's you haven't I don't you haven't been in Times Square recently, have you? The last I think the last time I was there 
we just we, you know we had to walk through it because it's, it's one of it's one of those things where it's like oh fuck Times Square shit it's ridiculous now. yeah it is it is it's like you would almost prefer <laughs> this the sleazy Times Square because it is like it's unbelievable the the fake it's, costumed characters that are just so, creeping around like, everywhere it's, it, it's kind of weird to think that that exists as a place to just be walking and then all of a sudden you're in the middle of that yeah because none of it makes sense yeah just yeah. There's, there's people everywhere and there's so yeah, many it's, lights it's why uh, are it's so really... many people in costumes i don't understand yeah. what are you gaining from the costumes unlicensed character costume <laughs> what are you and doing? they're always dirty too yeah, it's really interesting to read about the the revitalization of Times Square because I've been in Times Square before or when when the revitalization was taking place and I remember it being really really bad and kind of seedy and dirty still and then just to remember that and what it is now it's just it's crazy. But also like to know that back then there were there were like 12 or 13 movie theaters all in a row. On 42nd Street, it was just nothing but movie theaters. Yeah. And now it's like there's an AMC and a Regal there. Oh, boy. Yeah. Ooh, la, la. <laughs> I read that the New York, the, the city of New York actually took over those theaters and shut most of them down and either demolished them or turned them into commercial properties where... Turned them into M&M stores. Yeah, exactly. Make your own bag of M&M's. I mean, it's it's such a double-edged sword with that whole thing. Like, I think about it, and part of me kind of wishes that it was still how, like how it was no, in the 80s just, minus the like, crime. Yeah, yeah. You just want, like, a kind of in-between. You, you know, why did you take it from one end of the spectrum Yeah. to the other end that we didn't even know could exist in the world? <laughs> yeah. So, at any rate, Times Square, I, I definitely recommend checking out this movie. It is... I watched it on YouTube. It's up on YouTube. <laughs> so you can watch it for free if you do a search for it there. So. I'll check that out. Yeah. Uh, I watched one on No Budge from 2013 called Perfect Thoughts. This is kind of... This might be up your alley, Adam. This is this is shot on VHS. Oh, boy. You got all them that VHS aesthetic going on. Uh, you got all your tracking issues. They're in there. Loss of color. It's in there. Uh... Like the the colors are just overly saturated and bleeding to a point, um, and it's just this bizarre. It's kind of I I don't know if this is. I always have d- difficulty when it comes to movies of this length. Like are they considered features or shorts or whatever? It's like fifty two minutes long, so it's just under an hour. So it's a, you know breezy time with yeah. your VHS your VHS looks. Um, and considering the VHS aesthetic, it's visually interesting throughout the 52 minutes. Um, but there is a point in time where you kind of think, okay, outside of the VHS aesthetic, what do I really have here? Which was the difficulty that I was having with it. I mean, the story itself is, is fairly interesting. They do, they do some interesting things with it uh, and some comedy. It's a, this girl gets a self-help book called Perfect Thoughts. And it's it, it, like at one point, she's making like a vision board type thing going on and it's just you know kind of distilling your life into the just easy like what do you want and it turns out she wants a car she just wants a car because she needs a car because maybe she'll go on trips she's not sure so up until a certain point it's she's just trying to get a car 
but she's also trying to deal with this like um, foreign growth that's in her armpit. She's not sure what that is, but she doesn't seem too concerned with it. Uh, so there is some there is some oddity to it. There's some weirdness, but I think once you once you get past or once the novelty of the VHS aesthetic kind of wears off on you, because it doesn't sustain itself for 52 minutes. I mean, there's only certain amount of times that you can see tracking issues and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, the first time it's like, oh, tracking issues. Uh, all right. I remember tracking. Yeah. But then, you know, like the fourth time it happens, it's like, okay, uh-huh, sure. So, I mean, but interestingly enough, it did stick with me because my initial response afterwards was like, oh, that was kind of fun. It wasn't, I didn't waste 52 minutes, but at the same time, it wasn't an edifying two, 52 minutes somewhere right. in between. But it did stick with me for a little bit, so I might have to uh, might have to revisit this one. I I'm, when we're not, when I'm talking uh, low budget here. And by the way, this is directed by Doran Max Hagey. Um, I have no idea. I probably mispronounced all of those except for Max. Um, the we're talking low budget. Like I think the budget of this movie. Like I think people were paid in sandwiches and like the deepest sincerest gratitude ever because there's like no money in this thing. And you can watch it for free on, on the No Budge. Now for free on No Budge, perfect thoughts. And they do like a little montage of like, you know, that like B-roll shit of like inspirational self-help. You know, like people walking on the beach and they just have big ridiculous smiles on their faces. They do. I think he does at least two montages of that, which are kind of funny. Nice. I always love those. They are great. Anything else for you? That's it. Stop <laughs> it I'll stop it there. I've watched like eight other movies, but... You were on a tear this week. Fucking ripping through it, man. I'll save them just in case next week I don't watch anything. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, that's what I do when I have, like, a whole bunch. Uh, all right, let's talk about some movie predictions. Last week, Race. You said 62. I said 58. Actual 61. Yeah, right there. We were both close on that one. But you won, of course. Always. The Witch. You said 78. I said 82. Actual 87. Okay. I won that one, by the way. Next work. week. Gods of Egypt. <laughs> so they're moving forward with this. They're, <laughs> they're fully committed to this. Somebody uh, greenlit this. Right. Somebody said, hey, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's make this thing happen. Gods of Egypt. And, I don't now, know. and now they're like, we, well, we got to put it in the movie theater. I saw, uh, I've been seeing posters and stuff around the city, and I saw maybe one or two trailers, and they look like, they look like robots to me. The the the, yeah. the helmets that they're wearing and just their their but outfits it makes them look they look too sleek. There's a you know you have those things where it just kind of where like a, the trailer would just play you know which is I've seen one trailer was like a giant it was like a mechanized viper <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like eighty stories tall or something it's like what the fuck is this movie about what is yeah. going on there's a giant mechanized scarab why what is happening here? What is this? I don't know what it is. Why is Gerard Butler still getting work? <laughs> That's a good question. I'm going to say 18 on this one. I'm going to say 5. All right. Uh, we also have Triple Nine. This one's a, this one's a little bit of a, a puzzling one because I see the trailer and I think that looks so generic and so nothing. It looks like nothing. But then I see the director and I, know, and I see that it's John Hillcoat. And I'm like, hey. Whoa, and then you see the cast, too. And then I see the cast, and it's like Casey Affleck and Woody Harrelson. It's like, hey, Winslet, huh. Anthony Mackie. 
It's like, what's going on here? Is it Carl's Jr.? Is it, is it just like really bad marketing behind this movie? I, I have no idea. It has to be. I, never I mean, I'm going to go see it. I'll, fi- I'll find out because I actually like John Hilko's stuff. So I'll be seeing it. What are you, what are you thinking on this one? This is the first I'm hearing of this, first of all. So I don't, I don't even know. I'm it's, about go corrupt, with... it's about corrupt cops. Okay. All right. I mean, and we got the cinematographer from Bullhead. Yeah. What the f- is going on here? But if you watch the trailer, it just looks meh. It doesn't look great. Hmm. Like a like a PowerPoint of beige. I'm gonna go with like a 64. Okay. Uh, I'll say 62, because I really have no idea what to think on this one. Uh, Eddie the Eagle, the uh, sports inspiring skiing ski ski jumping. Some ski jumping. This is some ski jumping on this one. I'll say 46. Apparently, this guy charmed the world back in the 1980 <laughs> Winter Olympics. Just fucking charmed the world. Ski, ski, ski jumping. It was like a, it's like sort of a cool runnings type story, right? Doesn't he? He comes from like a British. country that doesn't have British, it or something. He's a British underdog. Oh yeah, British, British underdog. They'll... Ski jumping. What are we even doing anymore? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm gonna say fifty-two. All right. How this is? I like that in the poster. It's like from the producers of Kingsman: The Secret Service. (laughs) I know. What the fuck does that have to do with Eddie the Eagle? Like, it's like a polar uh, opposite. It's yeah, like the polar like, opposite of that movie. He's going to be like, damn, I love Kingsman. <laughs> Time to see the Eagle. <laughs> it's got to be good. It's from the same producers. Oh, God. They know how to invest their money, apparently. Yeah. What the hell? All right. Next week on lim- in limited release. This one, it's... I mean, we could probably predict this one, but I'm not. I'm not going to bother. It's uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny comes out. It's the... The sequel. Yeah, I just I heard about this the other day. The sequel to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Big bit of a kerfuffle around this movie, uh, because of the distribution method. So I guess it was supposed to be out in theaters, and shortly thereafter, it was going to be on Netflix because Netflix is distributing this. They're they're the mm-hmm. ones that are putting it out there, <clears throat> and the theater owners were like, "Nah, uh, uh-uh, that's not enough time." So they got pissed that the the time between when it's going to be on Netflix and when it is in theaters, the, the gap wasn't big enough. So a lot of theaters ended up saying, now nah, we're not going to show it. So uh, I, don't, I don't know why. It, it doesn't look good at all. I don't know why it had to be made in the first place. Uh, but it is going to be on Netflix and in theaters. So if you have Netflix, you can watch it if you want. Yeah. But I, I, it doesn't look good to me at all. Like I, I just... It's too, too late, guys. Too late on the it's sequel. Too, right? that's, uh, why do we keep doing this? Is that is that honestly like a lot of the, the plans nowadays? It's just like let's wait until interest levels are just completely gone. Like people don't know, some, remember the film. Sometimes I think it works. Uh, like Ghostbusters, for instance, the new Ghostbusters that's coming out this year. Well, I, I, I I saw a poster okay. for that. At the, when I was seeing The Witch, I yeah. got really excited. But again, let's think about it. It's Ghostbusters. It's fucking timeless. Okay. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's fucking Ghostbusters. You could do a Ghostbusters like every five years. Just yeah. get the right people in there and I would watch it. 
It's interesting that they haven't done more Ghostbusters movies because it really is the type of thing where, you know, a lot of people are bitching and moaning about the new cast and everything, but the the subject matter... You could literally transplant anybody in there, and as long as they they had, you're just you know, yeah, you're cracking wise and catching ghosts. I mean, yeah, exactly. Who do you like? You want to see that? You want to see that all the time, every day. And I think the new again, we talked about it many months ago when it was first announced. But I think the new cast of Ghostbusters is new has me more excited than if they were able to get the original everybody from the original cast back. Yeah, because they're. They're all well past, well past their prime. Yeah, Except for no, Bill no. Murray. I mean, Bill Murray's Bill Murray. But Bill Murray's timeless. <sighs> Fucking timeless as can be. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Uh, also limited releases, The Last Man on the Moon. It's a documentary about The Last Man on the Moon. Uh, I saw this at South by last year. We have a review up on that. We'll, we'll be reposting that review. Not great. Not a great movie. It's okay. All right. Pretty, pretty generic. Uh, Pretty generic. Do they, do they happen to um, animate the the, the in between stuff? <laughs> no. Oh, no. okay. They have enough. They have enough footage, and the way that they do it is they they have interviews with him, but they kind of follow him around nowadays, so to kind of check in, see what he's doing now. Okay. Uh, it's it's fine. It's mildly entertaining. Okay. On VOD next week, we have <clears throat> King George's. Hmm? King George's? It's a cooking documentary from the looks of it. Ooh. Philadelphia. Restaurant yeah. tour. Oh, it's closing if it's an iconic restaurant. Huh. That's okay. going to be a downer. Uh, Marguerite and Julian and The Last Man on the Moon. Like how we're doing documentaries of failures now, too. To make a fucking documentary about everything. <laughs> Did your business shut down? Let's make a documentary about it. <laughs> yeah, documentaries about <laughs> failed businesses. Are they going into bankruptcy? Let's fucking do a documentary. Let me grab a camera. Let me get uh, this GoPro ready. Oh, my God. Let's do it. Too many docs. Too many docs, guys. <laughs> That's just cool with the doc. There should be like a... They should make that like a like a business or maybe a part of the government. There should be like a documentary committee. That you have to kind of like run it, run it past a committee of people, and they'll vote on it to see if you can actually make that documentary. Yeah, I think I feel like there should be a, a limit. There should be a ceiling on how many documentaries can be made every year, and once you hit that number, no more. No more. Because I can't keep up with it. There's too many. There's and... way too many docs. It's like almost documentaries have their own separate release schedule. Yeah. Other movie, like they have enough to just be their own. It's gonna be a separate thing. Yeah. A separate medium. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's way too much to keep up on. And this year, last year, I'd say probably the last three years, really, I've I've really tried to watch a lot of them, uh, along with everything else. But this year, I'm just not even gonna try to keep up. Like I'm gonna watch the ones that interest me, but any I'm of really, the other I ones, mostly just wait until I hear a bunch of people say this documentary is amazing. Yeah, especially at festivals, because. I always end up seeing a lot of documentaries at festivals just to fill in fill in the gaps and stuff. Uh, but this year, I'm just not. I'm not even. I'll just spend the gaps writing or whatever. But all right, Blu-ray next week. We have uh, we have a re-release of 1988's The Serpent and the Rainbow. Ooh, 
by uh, Wes Craven. We both saw that for the first time yeah. last year. Good times. The Good Dinosaur, that's the, the Pixar one that I have no interest in. Mm-hmm. Spotlight, uh, that was solid. That was, that was quite good. Yeah, I recommend that. Mm-hmm. Although the Blu-ray cover is pretty bad on that one. Is it, is it, what's it look like? It's just like a, it's almost like a floating head thing where it's got yes. all, all of the actors like in the top and then them sitting at a table on the bottom half. I mean, there's not a lot you can do with that movie, considering most of the movie just took place in, an, in like, a newsroom, like a newspaper office of them just, like, s- sitting around a table with papers. So there's not a whole lot you can do with that, but it's still not great. Uh, Blu-ray release of 1982's Tenebrae. Uh, that's got a really cool cover, so I'd recommend checking that one out. Uh, let's see what else we got. Moonwalkers? No. No. Uh-uh. That's, a, that's a big, big negative. And they released that on DVD. Yeah, right. fucking ballsy. It was a quick turnaround on that one. Uh, some movie called Extraction looks like a some sort of action film. Entertainment, the Greg Turkington one. I recommend that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get your Turk. Get your Turk in there. Get old Neil Hamburger. Gotta get that Neil Hamburger. Uh, 1976 is the premonition is getting a, a release. Uh, I just saw that for the first time. Oh wait, no, that's not the one I was thinking of. Sorry, this is the one by Robert Allen Schnitzer, which I have not seen. Mm. Uh, that's really it. What do you got on the Criterion front? Uh, we have two. The first one is I knew her well from 1965. Um, from a director I've never heard of. So it's always interesting when um. Criterion does these, you know, where they'll just they put out put out a film by someone that I've I've never heard of ever. Cool. See, uh, did did you get that, by the way? I did. Yeah. Okay. Which God, I hope I can have some time to do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, well, that's if it's a little late. That's I understand because it's my fault for not getting it to you sooner. Well, and it, I, it also got delayed by another day because the trash guy put the trash can. Like when he took my trash and he put it back, he put it oh, right in front of the mail. He put it in front of the mail, so they didn't give him my mail. <laughs> like are you fucking kidding? Like there's so much fucking space, and you're gonna put my trash can in front of the mailbox. Like it, it makes me think you did that shit on purpose because you can clearly see there's a mailbox there. Uh, I love it. Like why would you do that to someone? That's the that's like the kind of shit that happens here, although just different. Like I'll get like. On the off chance that I happen to be home when UPS comes, they'll buzz, and I'll, I'll go to let them in, and they'll be gone by the time I go to let them in. <laughs> like, other... they don't even... I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Like, sometimes I'll even hit they the, actually, the they, they're, they're buzzing it, like, as they're walking away. Yeah. They're buzzing it with, like, a selfie stick or something. And, and there have been times where I've been home all day, and... I go downstairs to check the mail, and there's a freaking UPS tag there. And I've been home all day. I didn't leave. The, I didn't leave the apartment, so I know that they didn't buzz. Sometimes they're just like fuck it, and they just put the thing on there. That's shitty. And and the other day, last week, um, I was I got a a tag from UPS, and they didn't buzz. And then the next day, I wasn't home. And then the the following day, and. By the way, I keep going online. Every night I go online and tell them to redirect it because we have a, a service here where you can essentially redirect packages to this pharmacy that's right down the street. Mm-hmm. So if like you're not home, you can tell them to take it there and 
drop it off there. And I kept doing that, and they, it, like, they didn't do it. And whatever that package was that I was going to get, they sent it back. <laughs> like, I couldn't get it. And I don't, I don't know what the package was. I have no idea, because there was, like, I'm guessing it was a movie or something, but, yeah, that no, really... No, you'll never know. No, and I'll never know. It really pisses me off. Like, the, the mail issues here are just ceaseless. It never ends. <laughs> Sorry. That was a tangent. You got, got on that tangent. Yeah. All right, sometimes what's... you just gotta, they, they present themselves and you just gotta ride them out. You just gotta roll with it. That's what you have to do. There's a, I just want to tell you right now, there's, there's a little kid jogging. Like, that oh. seems really early. That's a really early age to be into jogging. Yeah. It's jogging. He's like 10. Does he have like the full? Does he have like the gear on? He has like the gear. Jog, yeah, gear? he's jogging. He's not doing it well. His form is terrible. But jogging oh. at ten year old jogging at outside. Uh, the other the other criterion is Mike Nichols, the Graduate from nineteen sixty seven. Have you ever seen that movie? I have, but it's been so long. Yeah, it's been a really long time for me too. Okay. I'm not even sure that I've saw the whole thing. Yeah, I don't either. And it's also possible that when I saw it, it was on TV. It was like the edited version. But there's never a movie that really interested me. Mm-mm, me either. Mm. And I probably still won't watch it. Just a heads up. If anyone yeah. was wondering. If you were thinking to yourself, man, I wonder if Kevin's really going to watch The Graduate. Can't wait to find out. No, I didn't. I nip that in the bud right now. Probably not going to. Yeah, there's, there's a reason that uh, we didn't get that one on Criterion. Didn't want it. No. Uh, all right. Well, I think that that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulsenet and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page. That's how we keep the site running. Patreon.com slash filmpulse. And consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. We appreciate that so very much. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. Hey!